0: Greetings, fellow earthlings. Welcome to another episode of And Another Thing with Dave. Seeking the truth, exposing the lies. Remember, together we are unstoppable. Keep on digging. Greetings, fellow earthlings. Welcome to a podcast with me, Dave, and another thing, and Travis. We're going to be talking about what is next for the US of A. Hashtag red pill greetings fellow earthlings this is dave and travis with another episode of and another thing with dave today we're talking about post 9-11 the post 9-11 reality how 9-11 has led us to this moment in time and we're also going to touch on the new ministry of truth wow can you believe this uh can you believe what's going on in the world right now Trav?
1: uh i'm finding it hard to believe as soon as that story about the ministry of truth came out i thought okay this is something like the onion this is the babylon bee trolling us but uh no they flat out took the job description and the job title right out of orwell's uh 1984 and uh pretty much hit copy and paste right into uh the dhs i'm a little shocked
0: thank you yeah that you you stole the words right out of my mouth unbelievable like would make a great sci-fi um would make a great onion article but no this is our current reality uh so pinch yourself you are awake this is happening yeah unreal yeah. um to me this is it, it's kind of been a con up to this moment ever since 9 11. um and what triggered me to think about that during that moment of 9 11 was remember when they came out with the alerts the yellow orange and red alerts
1: uh, vaguely, I think I know what you're talking about, but continue. Yeah, so so they came out, you know, we were told, basically
0: it was be afraid, stay afraid. Uh, code yellow, but they didn't tell you what to do if it was code yellow. Oh no, now it's code orange, but they didn't tell you what to do if it's code orange. And heaven forbid we get code red, which means, I don't know, somebody's got their finger on the nuke button. But what triggered my suspicion during that time was that we were never told what to do under any of those codes. So to me, it was obvious that that was just a be afraid, stay afraid moment, trust your daddy government, Uh, we'll take care of you, don't think too much.
1: Yeah, pretty much the closer you could get to green, the more it was, you could breathe easy and then just, they always wanna keep your right between on either one of them, but that way, rather than say, we're all gonna die, you can at least say, hey, look, the government's doing something for me, we went down a shade.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And then we entered the era of, you know, preemptive uh war strikes, assassinations, torture. So, I don't know. It it seems like this would be an obvious next step or conclusion uh, as mind-blowing as it is and as disheartening as it is. Um, you know, it's a it's a sad day for democracy. Not that we live in a democracy cuz, you know, we live in a um uh, quote unquote democratic republic, but mm-hmm. yeah, we are just slipping further and further from democracy every single day
1: yeah yeah that um, that that along with many many things I mean the world the world completely changed right after nine eleven i remember uh, I, I was extremely young when I took my very first plane ride before nine eleven I was born in ninety one so I, I think maybe I I was six. So I just have, you know, small vivid memories being in there. Uh, I I do remember it being a lot easier to actually be able to get on board the plane. Uh, The atmosphere was just a lot more relaxed and you could even, I, one of the things I got to do is you could go up and uh, go into the, uh, the, where the pilot was and uh, meet the captain and, You know, if you were small enough and if he was filling up to it, even, like, throw you on your lap and, like, show you as if you playing it, now, God forbid, you walk right up towards the cab and you will be halted. Um, Oh, yeah. If not tackled, right? (laughs) Oh, oh my gosh, yeah. And then, um, apparently, I also learned recently from my last plane ride that I had taken, uh, which was pre-COVID, so we're talking, like, uh, actually, we're talking 2017. Apparently, the uh, stewardess as they walk by if you ever notice like they will like gradually make eye contact with every single person they're at that point looking for people that they can recruit to help for if something were to happen like a hijacking or uh something like a bombing where someone can jump in and assist with uh restraining people also looking for people who might be medical they just like they were taught to do profiling and uh figure out who is going to be of help and then who also might be uh, a little bit sketchy stuff that originally they were just supposed to be able to go safety announcements ask you if you'd like to have some peanuts offer you a drink take your orders and then uh tell people we're about to land or we're about to take off it was mild description but then they started teaching pretty much police profiling um yeah exactly they used to be glorified cocktail waitresses right yeah pretty much (laughs) And then, uh, obviously, we have um, – for the younger kids that are uh, listening who weren't around for nine eleven or aren't old enough to have any vivid memories of it, where I am, um, the one thing, if you ever want to make something permanent, make it a temporary order. Uh, mm-hmm. For those of you who don't understand, the TSA, that was not around before 9-11. Uh, all the whole going through, them having to check you pretty much fondle you uh over different stuff um different strip searches at different times and then restricting all the things that you can and cannot you could be able to bring a knife uh back then now you so much as bring on like a nail filer you're getting pulled aside um so then there was um further down the line there was they discovered that uh they had to cut down the amount of toothpaste because of uh certain uh, chemicals in it where they could go and turn it into a bomb. And so uh, they specifically sell the sizes now. I think that happened in 2006. I might have my date wrong. But your travel size toothpaste has actually gotten even smaller because of that. uh, Because pretty much you weren't able to bring on a full travel size tube of toothpaste because they said that you might be able to blow things up. Um, So they cut it down by about a half ounce or so. So there's just all these different things, but that was always supposed to be a temporary order just until we're out of Afghanistan. Well, we're out of Afghanistan, and I'm yeah. pretty sure they're still there. Um, for the people who can't, like I said, who might be too young, um, that's your 15 days to slow the spread. Right. You know, yeah, really remember on, it's like- just gonna be a short temporary notice. Don't worry. Everything's going to go back to normal until, you know, we will, until we flatten the curve or just until we, you know, smother the, uh, smother all the terrorists out over in Afghanistan. And if you remember when we went in, uh, I forget who it was that said this, but they said that they were talking about how we're going to be celebrating Christmas in their capital. Yeah. And, uh, Mm -hmm. it was supposed to be just a blitz, just run right through pretty much what, how Russia thought they were going to run right through Ukraine. And, um, it, uh. It obviously did not happen like that, and so temporary orders are always the most permanent thing. You can look at how temporarily we were supposed to be taken off the gold standard and then go back on after I think it was five to seven years. That uh, never changed. Like TSA, 15 days to slow the spread. Yeah, we're littered with these things. The thing ever, make it a temporary order, it'll stay.
0: That's a great point. And um, excuse me, what you brought up about toothpaste is hilarious, right? Because when was last time you heard about somebody making a bomb out of toothpaste? Like, really? Really? Uh, Okay. 2006.
1: (laughs) And that was about it. Exactly.
0: Yeah. And um, I actually have a collector's item. It's a United Airlines, a metal knife that I got on a flight on United Airlines flight. And, um, you know, that's a It's probably a collector's item. (laughs) But what they've moved to since 9-11, you know, is mass surveillance. Uh, We learned about this through Edward Snowden. And one thing that California implemented is a new ID. And I opted out of it. It's going to be mandatory eventually, but now it's voluntary. But unless you get this new ID, you cannot fly.
1: That's Um, actually happening in Pennsylvania right now. Yeah. So I think they're trying to move it out. Uh, initially,
0: voluntarily, but with limitations. Like, if you don't sign up for the voluntary new ID, then you can't use, you can't fly on a on a commercial airline. Um, and then I think it's it's going to move to be mandated after that, um, which is, you know, it's just disturbing. It's another step in the slippery slope of removing our civil liberties. Um, and what I I pulled up something right here from the ACLU about the Patriot Act, which I believe Biden was fundamental in having passed if he did not even, if not take a part in uh, in writing it. Um, but here's a clip. Surveillance under the Patriot Act hastily passed 45 days after 9-11 in the name of national security. The Patriot Act was the first of many changes to surveillance laws that made it easier for the government to spy on ordinary Americans by expanding the authority to monitor phone and email communications, collect bank and credit reporting records, and track the activity of innocent Americans on the internet. While most Americans think it was created to catch terrorists, the Patriot actually turns regular citizens into suspects. Hmm. Bam. So, what what are your thoughts on the Patriot Act and on um, on the surveillance? Uh, Well, before I before I turn it over to you with that, I wanted to just mention this thing I saw on Democracy Now. I'll look it up in a second and grab the exact link to it. But basically, it was a program on Democracy Now with Amy Goodman, where she was interviewing three people: uh, reporter Chris Hedges, reporter Max Blumenthal, and uh, Edward Snowden about the origins of uh you know surveillance actually about the origins of the snowden league and and the depth at what it went to which it went to and snowden was pointed out that uh not only did it give the government the ability and do they have the technological ability to spy on you through your own phone through your smart tv through every different email server and every different social media platform um but that also 70% of the world's communication comes through the United States so they have access to 70% of the world's communications this is the NSA right and since 9/11 the NSA has doubled in size right unbelievable
1: yeah Well, to jump on that last point that you just made, not only that, but now we're also having China have a lot of access to that, seeing as all of our tech comes through there, um, they're pretty much also getting just as much uh, info as uh, the NSA. So at that point, not only are we arming uh, ourselves with uh, intelligence that not be armed, but also we are handing that off over to China as well. Um, I also want to point out, about ninety, ninety between ninety five to ninety nine percent of the Patriot Act was a gross overreach. The way it was sold to people um, was uh, we all were, stared at our TVs with our jaws dropped and just wondering how could this have possibly happened to us? Because remember, we hadn't been attacked on our soils since uh, December seventh uh, when D Day or not D Day. I'm sorry uh when pearl harbor hit um so everybody was just absolutely flabbergasted to see a hit at this magnitude on our soil now keep in mind there was stuff leading up to this before they had tried to take down 9-11 before by using stuff in the basements planting bombs that didn't work out they had also um uh you mean the the twin towers you mean uh 9-11 yeah yeah try and take down the uh, twin Towers, uh, a, a pretty much a pre-9-11 run, where they yeah. were using uh, bombs in the basement. This was under Clinton. Um, I forget what the name of the ship was. I don't I don't believe it was the coal. It might have been uh, but they had also pretty much loaded up a uh, full of explosives and sent it over to the coal and blew a massive hole through the side of it. I think this was 97 that, or 95 that this happened. Um, so there was plenty of warning signs. uh, And then part of their justification for completely missing it was saying, well, everyone was compartmentalized. So the FBI, they knew part of the issue, the CIA knew their part of the issue, and all these other three little agencies, they all knew part of it. And so their thing was because that they were pretty much competing against each other, and uh, that they all had parts to it, and had they all come together unit we would have been able to stop this but because you know we couldn't get our funding and we were all battling for funding because everyone wanted to have their hero moment uh we ended up having pretty much the world's biggest uh attack because this this affected the whole world it's this happened all the way over in downtown new york new york and it affected uh my neighborhood when two girls that lived directly across the street from me were absolutely shocked and because their dad worked in the first tower. And, you know, we were over in, we're in South Central uh, Pennsylvania, where this is happening. My uh, one sister, Pamela, she had a uh, friend in elementary school, who, thank God had a fear of flying. And because of her quote, unquote, irrational fear of flying, she caused her and her mother to be late. And they found out um, later on that day that their flight was the one to hit the second tower. So There, I mean, this when you bring in planes that are flying all around internationally, but also the World Trade Center brings a lot of people all over the U.S. together, this affects a lot of people directly. Plus, not to mention, we're talking about an hour, uh, maybe an hour and a half away from where I was living at the time, uh, where the uh, final plane hit the field in Pennsylvania. So, this grabbed everyone from all over. But so, when we all saw, and we're like, okay these agencies, uh, they need to work together. So that was the main thing that was put together to us, not about spying on us. It was saying, okay, we're now making a law within this Patriot Act that all these agencies have to come together and share information uh, for the better good of the nation, rather than being competing against each other. And it'll essentially make it one big uh, unit of intelligence. Well, we got that. And then everything else that followed was absolutely just a, a gross overreach And uh, then all of a sudden, everything started getting, you saw the the tech, pretty much, I call it the tech crunch, uh, if you want to refer to it that. But just look how far our technology came from flip phones, and then very shortly after iPods, iPods to, uh, you had into the beginning of the teens, uh, the iPhones, and then the smartphones, smart TVs, uh, all this stuff coming out. So an infinite easily for uh, people to go and spy on you. Um, so they don't they don't need to be sending people out. Essentially, the spying that they could do would have been completely warranted if they could use their fourth, people could have their fourth amendment right, where they go, you get a judge, you say, we have a uh, certain intelligence that leads us to believe that this person is possibly going to be commanding a terrorist act. And you get a warrant from the judge, give it to you and say, you're full of bunk, come back to me with something that's real. Uh, And then they can go and get that warrant and then actually do the real work, which is how this is supposed to be happening. So they're essentially saying everybody's a criminal um, before they ever commit anything. And uh, granted, we grabbed uh, some people in the midst of it, but uh, how many people have been completely compromised? And then this leads over into things like how Obama used the IRS to... 501c3s um, for political, uh, pretty much political hatred of the people, um, and then this eventually evolved into drone strikes where we killed U.S. citizens uh, at the cafes, um, whether it be overseas or some even on our own soil. Um, so yeah, pretty much the Patriot Act is one big spying uh, organization where they don't need to consult your rights. That's my long-winded uh, view on it. The, the Patriot Act was honestly just the beginning of a gross, massive uh, overreach. It's the big fruit that you can pick down for saying what went wrong after 9-11. But we had so much more that's changed since then. But I'll uh, kind of yeah. you.
0: Oh, man. Yeah. That, great points. Great points. It's so true. It was basically the tip of the iceberg that opened, that blew the door wide open, right? Um, mm mm-hmm. And you know there there were many cases of people being arrested on drug charges that then turned into a you know Department of Homeland Security case, and they utilized the Patriot Act to to facilitate drug arrests, um, which you you no longer needed a warrant. You could just kick somebody's door in, take them away in the dark at night, and you know possibly throw them in a black site prison in a foreign country to be tortured. Um, Unbelievable. And you also mentioned Obama. So I wanna, I just pulled up something. This is from the Freedom of the Press Foundation. Obama used the Espionage Act to put a record number of reporters sources in jail and Trump could even be worse. Um, This is by Peter Stern, senior reporter, June 21st, 2017. Uh, This is part three of a three-part series by the Freedom of Press. Uh, Let's see. Blair, who served as the director of national intelligence for the Obama administration in 2009 and 10, was defending the Obama administration's strategy of aggressively prosecuting journalist sources under the Espionage Act of 1917. Mm -hmm. For much of the law's existence, it was used uh, perniciously against anti-war demonstrators, It was not applied to journalists or their sources. It was not until 1971 that a person was indicted under the Espionage Act for providing classified information to a journalist. Between 1907 and 2009, only one person was convicted under the Espionage Act for leaking to a news organization. But the Obama administration was determined to change that. Under pressure from Congress and and intelligence agencies, Attorney General Eric Holder directed the Department of Justice to aggressively prosecute government employees who discussed classified information with reporters. In 2012, after news organizations reported on U.S. drone strikes and attempted to disable Iranian nuclear reactors, uh, Holder assigned two U.S. attorneys to track down the journalist's sources. President Obama strongly supported Holder's war against journalists, sources despite one promising, uh, despite once promising to protect whistleblowers when in office and running for president on the national security scandals of the Bush administration, misdeeds that became public only because of leaks. Since I've been in office, and this is a quote, since I've been in office, my attitude has been zero tolerance of these kind of leaks and speculation, Obama said in June 2012, now we have mechanisms in place where if we can root out folks who have leaked, they will suffer consequences. In some cases, it's criminal. These are criminal acts when they release information like this, and we will conduct thorough investigations
1: as we have in the past. Wow. Right. Yeah. And uh, that leads us to why don't we uh, piggyback right off of that and uh, mention Julian Assange.
0: Well, thank you, right? Because he's—I think he was the uh, the golden prize. You know, he was—he was what they were going for ultimately.
1: Yeah. Well, um, ulti- on top of that, he most of this um, misabuse of uh, powers uh, was targeted towards journalists who are supposed to have a little, a little bit more immunity uh, from things than your regular citizens because they're supposed to be. Pretty much fighting the higher powers, showing you, hey, this is what's going on in the world. You have right. your local journalists doing your local stuff, and then people also, obviously, just like we do today, reporting on the Fed, reporting on what's happening in D.C. Uh, Julian Assange had even more protections because he wasn't a journalist; he was just the editor. Right. But they went after him. He just editor and publisher. In... Yeah. Yep. Yeah, and that's unprecedented
0: going after a publisher because he he didn't leak anything. He was mm-hmm. just the source that put it out. Um, so this is unprecedented territory. I mean, I look at the guy like a hero. And and the crazy thing is that none of the people that were outed through Julian Assange publishing, first of all, none of his publishings put uh, American security at risk at all. He, that mm-hmm. was one of his first and primary things was to make sure that he would not put people or troops in danger and that he would not out information that compromised national security. So that's off the table. That never happened, wasn't even a thing. Um but you know it's 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 such a slippery slope, right? So none of the people, none of these war criminals that were exposed by Julian Assange's publishings uh were tried. None of them have gone to jail, yet Julian Assange himself is enemy number one for outing that information, for outing those war crimes. And the video that comes to mind, which is horrific, I suggest everybody watch it, but be forewarned, it's called Collateral Murder. And this is uh, footage from a helicopter, from a US military helicopter. You can hear the transmissions from the helicopter pilot to the base of operations, wherever that is, whoever they're speaking with asking for permission to quote unquote, light these people up. Um, and, and the people they wanted to light up were a bunch of reporters. Three of them were, um, I forget who they were reporters for, but he, they killed 12 people, I believe, and three or four were reporters. Uh, so unbelievable. And the the pilots are just laughing about it as they're shooting these people. They're laughing about it. Talk about pure evil. And none of those people were prosecuted at all,
1: mm-hmm. Yeah, they'll. Uh, on top of that, uh, I'm not a big fan. I'll I'll start this off by saying I'm not a big fan of the media. I'm not a big fan of the people running the media right now. I'll get to that point in a second as to why. Um, but I, I absolutely don't condone our own military mowing down journalists as corrupt as they are. They should be facing prosecution and possibly jail, uh, but not just. Flat out assassination into the streets and then laughing about murder. Um, why I hate the media right now, one of the many reasons why you'll notice that there's certain ones that will never get called out, that will never get in trouble, that will never be thrown away, and who are honestly slimy enough where they should be thrown away. Um, but a lot of what happens is they'll be um, co opted by a lot of it being the CIA, a few other agencies, I'm sure. Um, but they will go and get a lot of them by saying, hey, we really like this uh, story you ran and then try and make them feel like they're doing service to the country saying, we need you to run this story. And then certain stories, most of which is why you see now a lot of stuff being exposed as fake news. And this goes back way before you and I were ever born. Um, so they will leak certain stuff to reporters and um, that'll be ways that they can get them in their pocket by have, pretty much having them do work for a lot of them will essentially be uh, lower tier CIA agents. Um, And then uh, if that doesn't work, sometimes they'll have to get more aggressive means, but most of the time they just try to simply have those people work for them. So uh, you ever wonder why you just can't simply stand the media or why, if you ever see these, there's plenty of YouTube clips where they mock the mainstream media on how they're everyone saying the same thing, including the same, written lines and then they like have them up in a bunch of boxes and they will all say the same things all together at the same time throughout the reports like this is for the good of our democracy or democracy itself is in danger and all these catch lines that you hear every single outlet left right and center all saying there's just certain reporters certain news stations that have just been completely compromised by cia and you can tell when it's something being put out by you know, A lot of our stuff is not being run by the government. A lot of it is by three-letter agencies. So not a big fan of the media, but I definitely don't agree with mowing him down. And uh, as far as people saying with Julian Assange, well, if uh, nobody uh, got arrested uh, by his people, well, then does that mean that he was possibly just putting out the wrong information? If he was putting out wrong information about these other people who didn't get locked up, why would they be going after? It shows, goes to show you that there was somebody that um, Assange put out stories on, and uh, they didn't like it. He's, normally, when you get a reaction out of people, especially something that bad where they're gunning for you quite literally, you're hovering right over the target. So I, I, I honestly think uh, – I was really hoping if anyone would have gone in a pardon in Julian Assange, I thought it would have been Trump. It's obviously not going to be Biden, so we're going to have to get somebody from outside the fold that uh for lack of better words that the blob doesn't like to give this man pardoned and get us some real journalism back in there absolutely
0: amen to that um yeah you you mentioned um the you know the three-letter agencies the deep state having having their tentacles into um news media and that- i i believe it i believe it goes even further than than what you said which is that they'll uh they'll leak a story or a little bit of information to sink a hook to get those media outlets to talk about said issue. Um, mm-hmm. I was wa- I was watching this program. It's I just pulled it up on YouTube. It's called the Best Film Archives, and this is a phenomenal research uh, resource, excuse me, for historical information on things of this nature. Um, and I I heard this one episode, watched this one episode on YouTube uh, with. Former CIA agent John Stockwell, he went so far as to say, not only do they do exactly what you were saying, but they actually have plants at the at each news agency working. Oh there, yeah, but that are on CIA payroll. He then went so far to say that they they uh, have input on large budget uh, Hollywood scripts, either writing part of the script, editing the script, and definitely funding. Uh, the release of movies that that put forth the you know the the viewpoint that the cia wants put forth um so i i heavily in, uh, encourage everybody to look into john stockwell and the best film archives on youtube um here's one title from uh or here I'll, I'll read a few titles of of the things that they cover so one is how propaganda manipulates your political beliefs Um, And that's a compilation by Noam Chomsky on that channel. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of And Another Thing with Dave. If you're digging what I'm doing, picking up what I'm throwing down, please do share with friends and on social media. Until next time, keep on digging for the truth.